All right, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Angelise Prince, founder and owner at Generous Brands. And today we are talking about all things how to start your business. Now, I know that many business owners, they start their business with big dreams of how fast they can grow and how big their teams can become and how many professional connections you can have and how many cool things you get to do and you can travel and you can do all these things. And of course, one of the main things is how can I actually make money from this thing? When will the money come in, right? Especially when you're in those beginning stages of starting a business, it can be a little bit scary because sometimes there's no proven method that this will work, right? There's no proven uh, you know, landscape that you will receive money from this business. And so there can be a little bit of risk involved or a lot of bit of risk, but the out come is usually more rewarding than the risk in most cases, I hope. And so today we're going to be talking about how you can frame your mind before you even get to that point of earning money in your business, right? Maybe you just started your business, you just got your LLC, or you just got your website, or maybe you're just still in the ideation stage and you're still trying to figure out exactly how you're going to make this thing work. Well, you're in a good place because Today, we're going to be talking about how you can frame your mind in a way that will prepare you for exponential, crazy, massive growth as you are delving into your business and making sure that you know everything is set up seamlessly and that you're setting things up on a very firm and strong foundation. Now, you might not believe me, but a lot of the principles that can set you up for massive and exponential business growth are found in the Bible. And there are so many principles that we can apply to our business that are promises that we can hold on to as we are really setting the stage for our business as we are growing our business. Or, you know, even if you've already have a business and you've been running for quite some time and you want to see that next level growth, today we are going to be talking about just that. What is the actual steps that you need to take in order to receive the promise and set yourself up to receive the promise that is clearly laid out in the Bible for us to, to take with us into our business. And so if you want to understand exactly what that is, keep on listening. Starting your business online has never been simpler, and we are supporting entrepreneurs just like you to start and grow their business every single day. My name is Angelise, child of God, financial strategist, and a serial entrepreneur, and I am so excited to take you behind the scenes on how millions are made and managed, all for the glory of God. Let's go. All right, so before we get into today's topic, I want to let you know that we are offering a really highly impactful course. This is the How to Start a Business course. Now, if you don't know who I am, again, my name is Angelise Prince. I am the founder of Generous Brands, and we are a conglomerate, which is a family of companies that seeks to honor Jesus Christ through everything that we do. And as an entrepreneur, as a serial entrepreneur, I have been in this game for over 10 years. And my most recent venture was Galatians Bookkeeping or is Galatians Bookkeeping, which is still active and well today, uh, which is a business that I founded in 2021, a financial management, a Christ-based financial management firm based here in Atlanta, Georgia. And why is that important to you? Because as I 
became a financial manager of other people's business finances. I started back in the middle of 2021 and over the last two and a half years, I have been able to manage over $10 million in gross revenue for my clients. And so what does that mean for you? That means that I have seen everything from the highs of highs to the lows of lows. I've worked with several multi-million, multi-million dollar businesses and now I am turning that information over to you, people who are just getting started in their business, or maybe you've already started your business and you're, you've been running for a little bit, but you want to understand how you can take yourself to the next level. Well, this course is for you. This is the how to start a business course that will give you the step-by-step guide on how to get everything set up from all of the legal, all of the accounting, all of the marketing and the operations, and to optimize your business for exponential growth. You're going to get those practical tips that I have gleaned not only over the last 10 years, but more recently over the last two years, working with several multi-million dollar businesses and being able to compile all of that information into this course so that you have it for the taking, so that you can take it and run with it, and you can see exponential growth in your business. So if you want to take part in this course, it is available right now. Head on over to startingmybusinessnow.com. Again, that website is startingmybusinessnow.com. So many times as entrepreneurs, we procrastinate, we wait and we wait and we wait and nothing happens. But I want you to commit to yourself and to God, because likely God has been the one telling you to start this business, that you are starting my business now. Okay. So the website again is startingmybusinessnow.com where you can get um, all of the information to register for the course and I will see you there. Okay. So... If we're honest, we are, as entrepreneurs, all looking to get into business to make money, right? But what at what cost, right? At what cost are we looking to make that money? Are, at what cost are we, are we willing to sacrifice the time, the effort, the blood, sweat, tears in order to get to the point where we are actually a functioning business? Now, if you're here, you know that we love to apply everything to scripture or we love we love to apply scripture to everything in our lives because it really is the foundation that supports everything that we do here at generous brands and so of course i am going to reference scripture um, some scripture that we can be looking at as we're thinking about these topics and really delving into what this means for us as entrepreneurs so the first scripture that i want to bring up is mark chapter 8 verse 36 which says for what shall it For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So I really want you to imagine what would your life look like if you had the money that you desired, if you had the $300,000 or the $1.5 million or the $5 million sitting in your bank account right now, what would be your first purchase? And I want you to really think about this because the answer to this question is really telling about where your priorities lie, right? Do you have outstanding bills? Do you want to buy a new house or a new car? right? Do you want to go on a shopping spree? You really want to think about all of the things, the first purchase that you would make, the first, uh, where your first uh, amount of dollars would go to if you had that money in your bank account right now, right? 
Um, and, and maybe I would even challenge you to write a budget. I think this would be helpful for you as well to write a budget for how would you actually budget and steward and financially manage um, that $3 million or that $300,000. Now, this is something that we include in our How to Start Your Business course. Um, so if you want an actual budget that actually works and that actually gives you um, data reporting and strategy, head on over to or startingmybusinessnow.com so that you can get that actual effective budget. But I want you to just play around with some numbers and see, you know, how would I actually steward the money that is in my bank account, right? And, you know, as you're doing that, I want you to think about whether or not, and be honest with yourself, right? I want you to think about where would your mind be? Where would your heart be? Would you become proud? Would you become arrogant over the people who talked down to you, over the people who said you couldn't do it, over the people who so discouraging in your ear, right? And though I hate to admit it, I feel like most of us, if we're not checked by the proper authorities, we would become proud and we would become arrogant and we would forget where we came from and begin to look down on others at some point. And this is only if you're not continuing to to guard yourself against those things with the word of God and and, and ensuring that you're in right standing and in right alignment with God, with what God says, right? And so I want us to, and, and so what the word says is that pride. And so if we get to that point where we're not checking ourselves, where we don't have a standard that we're measuring ourselves up against, we can become we can, we can really rest in that pride, right? And no one likes to be around a proud person. Like, ooh, I don't care how much money you have. If you have pride and arrogance, that just makes you so unattractive. <laughs> Not only physically, but just, ooh, you know, it just kind of gives you the ickies. Like, I don't want to be around that person. Um, and so one scripture that comes to my mind is, I believe it's in Proverbs, and it says, pride comes before a fall. And so what what... How useless would it be for you to get the $300,000 in revenue, for you to have the $1.5 million, for you to have the $3.5 million, and then become proud, and then have all of it go away? Like, why? You, you're just wasting your energy, right? Before you even get started, if you know that that's where your heart is, don't even get started. Don't even waste your time because I'm telling you, pride comes before a fall. And so if you, come, if you become proud, and I'm speaking to myself too, if you, if you become proud after you um, gain all of this wealth, which didn't come from you because Deuteronomy 8 also says that you know God gives us the ability to earn wealth, but that's another story for another day. But if you become proud, you're going to fall. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. It could take five years. It could take 10 years. It could take 15 years. And I know some of us might be thinking, well, you know, certain people, certain celebrities or certain business moguls in the news and in the media, they seem to be doing well. Their businesses seem to be thriving for 30, 40, 50 years. But you don't know what's going on behind the scenes of those people. You don't know, you know, the the sickness that's going on in their bodies or the turmoil that's happening in their family. And not that we want to speak those things over anybody, but I want you to really understand and have a true understanding that if you are proud, if you are not checked by God, yet you have this vast amount of wealth, you are going to fall. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. And so how can we ensure that we are checking ourselves against that and making sure that we're not falling into that trap? I want us to turn to Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 31. And so I really want you to read this on your own. But to summarize this story, what basically happens is there was a man, a beggar named Lazarus, who was um, he was covered in sores 
and he um, was sitting outside of the gate of a rich man's house. And so the rich man every day would come outside of his house um, and he would pass by Lazarus. He would never give him anything. He would never give him any food. He just passed him by as if he was no one, as if he was nothing. He never had any pity on him at all. Right. And so later on, both Lazarus and the rich man died. Lazarus goes to heaven and he is experienced. He is having the time of his life. He is in bliss. He is in paradise while um, the rich man was in hell. He was in Hades. Right. And so it says in verse 23 in Hades where he was in torment and he looked up and saw Abraham far away, which Abraham is from uh, the earlier part of the Bible. But basically, um, Abraham was in heaven and he was with Lazarus, right? And so um, the rich man, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. So he called to him, Father Abraham, have pity on me and send Lazarus to dip the tongue or to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue because I am in agony in this fire. So now we see that the tables have turned, right? So now Lazarus, who was a beggar on earth, is now in heaven living his best life, right? Now, in at the same time, the rich person who had all this money, who had all this access, who had all of these resources, yet passed by Lazarus every single day, day in and day out, um, he never gave him any time of day. And so now he is in hell. Now he is in torment. Now he is in agony. And so the chapter continues to read, uh, but Abraham replied, son, remember that in your lifetime, you received your good things while Lazarus, Lazarus, Lazarus received bad things, but now he is comforted here and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us, you, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot, nor can anyone cross over from there to us. He answered, then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family. This is the rich man talking, asking Abraham, can you send Lazarus, who was the poor beggar on earth, can you send him to my family? For I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. Abraham replied back to the rich man and he said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. Basically saying they already have everything that they need. If they're not going to listen, they're not going to listen. Verse 31 says, he said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, and this is Abraham talking, um, Abraham is talking to the rich man. He says, if they do not listen to Moses and prophets and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. So this is just a story about, you know, what happens and what the outcome is for becoming proud when you have those resources, when you have the money, when you have everything that you could ever desire here on earth, which again, I mean, this earthly place is not our home. This is not where we are going to stay forever. And so understand that though we are, you know, many of us are called to be entrepreneurs and to operate in the entrepreneurial space. This is not our home. This is not our final resting place. And so let's be mindful and cognizant of the fact that, hey, this is not it, right? So even if I do earn a million dollars in this lifetime on this earth, there is something else better waiting for me, okay? Um, and so, yeah, and so, and so, the, so this chapter really kind of encapsulates, I believe, 
what the what the end result is for us if we are operating with a spirit of pride after we have earned. And and the reason also why I want to bring this up is because as entrepreneurs, the earning potential is massive. It's absolutely astronomically massive. One thing that I was thinking about the other day was how, you know, a lot of people talk about how doctors and lawyers and things like that are, you know, the most wealthy people and they earn a lot of money and all of these amazing things. And while that is true, man, I have seen so many entrepreneurs who barely graduated college, barely graduated high school, have really pulled themselves up by the bootstraps. Um, and whatever the case, and are earning several million dollars per year. I mean, one contract could be $300,000. That's just one contract, right? While, uh, you know, if you think about your average doctor or lawyer, they might be earning anywhere from, I don't know, 300000 to 500000 per year. And while that's still not bad, I mean, to think that they had to go through, a doctor had to go through schooling, they had to go through licensing and all of these things compared to an entrepreneur who, you know, just really dedicated time and energy to their craft and to their, um, to their business and was able to reach that same level of, you know, revenue, if not more, um, in their, in their, you know, in their pursuits. So I think that that's very interesting. And so I'm saying that because we as entrepreneurs, I want you to understand that we have a great opportunity and we have vast opportunity to earn a lot of revenue. And so what I want us to understand is that by, um, by not succumbing to, um, this, this, this really spirit of pride and arrogance, um, let's not, let's not, let's not be, Let's not be a people, let's not be a group of entrepreneurs that succumb to pride and arrogance because it really doesn't serve us. It really sets us up for failure, maybe not immediately, but in due time, it's it's guaranteed. It's sealed. Your fate is sealed if you are operating in ignorance and in pride and arrogance um, as a wealthy person. So let's not do that. Let's learn from the scripture that we just read. And so there are also a lot of scriptures in Ecclesiastes that point to, you know, how the aim for riches is not really a worthy goal. Um, one of the prayers that, you know, was something that I, well, I don't know, like, what would it look like for you to enjoy, actually enjoy your work more than the outcome? What if the outcome of the revenue or the money was just the cherry on top? What would it look like for you to actually enjoy the work that you're doing? And so this requires you to really go back to the drawing board and think about the business that I'm starting. Am I starting this just for money or do I actually like what I'm doing, right? And if you've been called to be an entrepreneur, then it's okay to change things, right? If you if you notice that, hey, I'm starting this business just to make money um, and not really to help people or not to operate in my gifting, it's okay. You can switch whatever business it is, especially if you've been ordained by God and if you've been called by God to be an entrepreneur, go to God and say, God, what, you, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to operate in this space, okay? Um, one, uh, scripture that I want you to, that I want to leave with you and you can read it in your own time is Ecclesiastes, uh, chapter five, verse 10 through 20. Um, and what basically Solomon is talking about in this chapter is, um, you know, loving money and how loving money leads to never having enough. It also talks about, you know, just all the things that happen after you become rich, after you become wealthy, how, you know, you might earn a million dollars, but 
baby, understand that you probably got some payroll that you need to be paying. You probably you definitely have some taxes that you need to be paying. And so um, it just gives a lot of insight as to what actually happens after you earn wealth and earn money. Now, Solomon, if uh, you know, if you go back and, and study um, his life journey, he was blessed by God with a vast amount of wealth. Um, and so he was all, and he was also blessed with, um, a vast amount of wisdom. He was the wisest person that has ever lived. And so I think it would be very important and it would behoove us to really, um, lean into what Ecclesiastes chapter five, verse 10 is saying regarding wealth and how we can operate and be good stewards of what we've been giving. So in all this, you know, what are we to do? Right? Because, Earning money is not wrong in essence, right? However, if you call yourself a Christian who is seeking to invest their time and energy in entrepreneurship, you know, there are some very clear commands that are required of us as Christians. And so even if you're not a Christian, I would implore you to keep on listening. Don't turn off this episode just yet because the principle that I want to share with you is really mind-blowing and really a no-brainer in terms of how obedience can benefit your life, how obedience to God can significantly benefit your life. A lot of people think that Christianity is just a bunch of rules and things that you have to do and things you, that you can't do and all these things. But no, a lot of what God is saying in the Bible is set up to benefit you immensely, right? And so I want to just dive into um, Malachi chapter three, verse eight. And um, again, I want you to go back and study this on your own. It's Malachi chapter three, verse eight. It says, will a man rob God? Yet you robbed me. And this is God talking to his people. It says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, and what have we robbed you? In tithes and offering. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. That just get me so excited because it's a promise. God says, Test me in this. Try me. You think I won't do it? Try me. See see if I won't bless you. And so what I want you to pay attention to is verse nine, okay? Or actually, let's go back to verse eight. It says, how have we robbed you in tithes and offering? So tithes, the definition of tithes, and let me just look that up real quick. The definition of a tithe is one-tenth of annual produce or earnings formally taken as a tax for the support of the church and clergy. So the definition of tithes, again, is one-tenth of annual produce or earnings, okay? It's one-tenth of annual produce or earnings. And so um, and so this is a command from the Lord to give a tenth or a tithe, one-tenth of all of your, of all of your earnings, um, to the Lord. Now, you might be asking, well, where do I give this to you? It could be to a church. It could be to um, directly to the poor. If you want to just take it out of your bank account and give it in cash to the poor, um, it could be to a nonprofit organization. But I would really implore you to pray on where you should give your tithes um, and give it and actually give it and let it be the first 
amount that you give from whatever amount you receive. So if you receive $10,000, right? One tenth of that, which is 10%, would be $1,000. So you need to take out $1,000 from your bank account or, you know, pay someone direct deposit um, $1,000, whether it's a church or a nonprofit organization or what have you. Um, and that will be your tithe. You need to take out that first $1,000. You don't want to pay all of your bills and then come back and say, okay, I have $1,000 left or I have $3,000 left. So let me just give the tithe from that. No, you need to take out the first 10%. Okay. Um, so in tithes and offerings. So what is an offering? An offering is anything above and beyond the tithe that you've already have already given. Okay. So the definition of a offering an offering is a thing offered, especially as a gift or contribution. So, um, you know, this could be anything above and beyond um, what you have already given. And, and again, I would implore you to pray on this and, you know, see what the Lord would have you give as an offering. So what we see here is that in the scripture, it says, if we are robbing God, because you're not robbing the church, you're not robbing the poor, you're not robbing that nonprofit organization, you are robbing God directly. So it's as if, it's almost as if, I mean, I think about it in my head, it's like you walk into the house of God, like imagine, imagine if God had a house on earth, right? Like, let's just imagine, right? And you went to God's house and you literally picked up some money that you saw on the table and you walked out with it without asking for it, without saying anything, without doing doing any of that, right? You literally, and you know who God is. You know how powerful God is. You know that he sees everything. You know that he knows everything. You know that he knows your thoughts. You know, you know, you know that he's more powerful than anything. And so imagine you walking into the house of God, you taking money, and then going and spending it on whatever, like food, clothes, cars, whatever. So in the same way, when we neglect giving our tithes and our offerings to God, we are robbing him like, oh, scary. Okay. So because those things have happened, you are cursed is what verse nine says. You are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Okay, even this whole nation. And so I really want to pause there and and go into the even this whole nation part, because some people might think, oh, well, uh, you know, the CEO of X company and this company, they don't tithe and they don't have that on their balance sheet. They don't have that on their annual profit and loss as tithing. Okay, that's fine. But understand that they may be under a curse as well because the word says even this whole nation. Can you imagine the entire country being under a curse because they did not tithe because they decided to rob God? So don't think that just because other people are getting away uh, with something, you know, that it's not being dealt with, you know? Um, In fact, I would argue that even that probably over 95% of businesses in the U.S. are probably not tithing, but that's just it, right? Because if we go back to verse nine, it says, you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. So we can clearly see that just because the entire nation is doing something doesn't mean that we are, that they are devoid from being cursed, right? So what's the correction here? In verse 10, it says, 
Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And so then it is only then that we get into the beneficial consequences of how obedience brings favor and protection for you. The rest of verse 10 says, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will be not there there will not be enough room to receive it. There will not be enough room to receive it. Oh, that's so good. In addition, God says in verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Now, you may be thinking, what does that blessing actually look like? Like, how can I quantify uh, the blessing that God will pour out? Right. And so as I was about a few months ago, I think um, God was so gracious to point me back to Genesis for the revelation. Um, So I want us to look at Genesis chapter seven, verse 11, which says in the 600th year of Noah's life in the second month, the 17th day of the month on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken and the windows, plural, the windows of heaven were open and the rain was on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Now, if you you know, if you understand the, the story of Noah, basically God charged and command Noah to build an ark because he was about to um, start completely over on the earth. He wiped away everyone and everything on the earth with water. And um, he told Noah to build a boat, which is, you know, also called an ark so that um, so that they would be saved, so that they would be able to float um, and be saved from the wrath of God that was about to hit the earth. And so when God decided to destroy the entire earth, the entire earth, not just a country, not just a region, but when God decided to destroy the entire earth, it says in Genesis 7 verse 11, that he opened the windows of heaven, that the windows of heaven were opened. <laughs> God is so good. God is so good. And so if we take that verse and we apply it back to Malachi 3 verse 10, where it says that God will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing. That means that the blessing that is possible for your business, if you are obedient, if you are tithing, if you are uh, giving your offering, you're, you, you won't have enough room. That's how big the blessing is. The blessing would be so big that it could fill the entire earth, okay? That's how big the blessing is just by being obedient um, to what the Lord has said. So I just want you to think about this tangibly, right? Like these are very small examples that I'm that I'm about to give you, but I just want you to think about it in your mind, right? Let's say you you just started your business or you're, you know, you're about a year in or two years in, three years in, five years in, whatever the case, right? What would it look like for you to gain a hundred new clients in your business every day for 40 days straight, right? If we go back to the 40 days and the 40 nights where the, the earth was flooded for that long, what would it look like for 40 days straight? You know, you get a hundred new clients in your business every single day. Now, if we do a little math here, let's say, let's say that you offer your services at $2,000 per month and you get a hundred new clients per day. That's $200,000 per day, per day that would come through your business. 
Now, if we multiply that by 40 days, you would earn $8 million in revenue just in those 40 days. That's the kind of blessing that I want in my business. I, I agree with that in the name of Jesus Christ, right? Everybody wants that kind of blessing in their business. And that's just a small thing. That's only 100 new clients in your business for 40 days, right? That's $8 million in 40 days. But what can happen if that's consistent? If you obey God on a consistent basis with every amount that is deposited into your business, every amount that is deposited into your personal bank account, what would that look like, right? If you're consistent in that, what would the blessing look like if you're consistent in this, right? You know for sure that your business would not, your money would not be blessed because it says in verse nine that you are cursed if you're robbing God. Well, if you're not robbing God anymore, then you're no longer cursed. And you do need to break that curse uh, with your mouth and, and, and nullify it with the, with the blood of Jesus Christ and say, you know, Heavenly Father, you know, repent, repent for robbing God and um, and ask God to break that curse um, that was over your life. But after that, baby, you are set up for blessing, immense blessing, immense blessing. Um, and so this is how you get rich by giving your money away. This is the thing, y'all. Like this is it. It's by submitting your business back to God and being obedient to his word. Now, it's it's important also to understand your heart posture, as we talked about a little bit earlier, and not having this complex of greed and idolatry when it comes to your financial gain. Because again, pride comes before a pride comes before the fall. And so why would you put all of this effort and all of this energy and all this blood, sweat, and tears into your business only to become arrogant and prideful later on and then have everything be wiped away? What would be the purpose of that? There's no purpose. You would literally be wasting your time, your money, your energy, everything, if that's how your heart posture is going to be, right? So perhaps a continual lifestyle of prayer and fasting and full submission to Jesus can help us in this regard as entrepreneurs as we are getting to so, you know, I understand that you who are listening, you may not have money right now, or maybe you don't have the money that you desire, or you may be looking to earn a large amount of money in the next couple of months or this year. Um, you know, it may be wise to check your heart and your belief around money before it comes, because once it comes, it's honestly too late. If you already have an unchecked heart of pride, you're it's already too late for you. You're already doomed, Right. Um, and just most importantly, making sure that you are submitting your business and your plans back to God, because why not? Why would you not want to be blessed? Like the promise is in black and white in Malachi three, verse eight. So like, why would you not want that blessing? Like for what? Like, why do you want to toil and pain and just all the things for absolutely no reason? Like it makes absolutely no sense. Like, why would you walk away from a blessing? Like if you know that the blessing that you could potentially have in your business would equate to what happened with Noah and the flood? Like why? Like there, it just doesn't make sense. Right. Um, so I hope that that makes sense for you. I hope that that blesses you today. Now, if you don't know, I am, like I said, I'm the founder of Galatians bookkeeping, which is a Christ-based financial management firm based here in Atlanta, Georgia. And I would dare, I would dare say that we are one of the fastest growing bookkeeping firms, probably in the U S 
Why do I say that? Because God told me to start my bookkeeping firm back in the middle of 2021. And over the last two and a half years, it's only been two and a half years since I've started this business. I've had multiple businesses over the last 10 years. And over the last two and a half years, we have managed over $10 million in revenue for our clients. Many of those clients have been multimillionaires with multiple businesses themselves that they are managing. And so what does that mean if I've managed over $10 million in revenue for our clients? The clients that have that we that have been brought in that we are managing their funds, all of those clients equate to $10 million. And that doesn't even you know, that doesn't even uh, account for the people who have been interested in us and wanted to work with us, who have set up meetings with us. If I took that into account, it'll probably be over, I don't even know, like 20, maybe 30 million. I don't know. Um, but the point is, um, I want to point out that, you know, some of those people that I, I have worked with and that I've managed their money and their finances, some of them tithe and some of them do not. And what I'll say from a financial standpoint, because I see the behind the scenes numbers that a lot of people don't see when people get on Instagram and they start flexing and they start flaunting and saying, oh, my business did this and my business did that. That's all fine and dandy. But when you have someone who understands the behind the scenes nature of what those financial reports actually looks like, the numbers don't lie and it's very telling. Right. And so for some of the people, like I said, some people tithe and some people don't. And it's very clear to see the difference in, you know, in someone's numbers when they do tithe and when they do not, right? There was one company that I worked with that was, you know, before they started working with us, before they got a financial management firm, they, um, and, and not saying that we did all the work and that we are taking the glory. Absolutely not. Um, but they came, when they, at the time when they came to us, they were making about $500,000 top line revenue. So that's gross line revenue before any, um, expenses were taken out. And they had um, like negative a hundred over a hundred thousand dollars in profit, negative. Like that's they were in the red, um, right? Yet they tithe, right? The the CEO was a Christian business owner, and they tithe um, on all of their on on their income, right? Um, and what I will say is, they started out one year making five hundred thousand dollars in gross revenue. Only six months later. They were on track to do $1.5 million um, in gross revenue that year. Not only that, but they not only that, like I said, they were in the red over $100,000. They recovered over 65% of everything that they lost in negative profit from the previous year, right? So they did $1.5 million in six months. So who's to say, and that was only in six months. The year hadn't even closed out yet, y'all, Okay. So they were, they could have been on track to do $3 million in one year, right? Um, and so, you know, that's not to say that there wasn't work involved and there weren't, you know, things, other things that were involved in that, but they tithed and they tithed. And I know because I saw it, right? I saw that they tithed. I saw that they gave, right? Um, and who am I? Like, but, but I'm just giving you an example, a behind the scenes, a behind the scenes example of what happens, right? Um, when people tithe. Again, it's not all correlate correlated. It may not all be uh causality, but you you have to wonder why. Like what was the turning point from them going from making five hundred thousand dollars a year, being negative in the red and profit to completely 
turning things around six months later, making $1.5 million in gross revenue. And, and this was the company that had the one contract that came in. One contract that came in was $300,000. Like, what are we even saying, y'all? Okay. Um, another example that I'll give is another company began to tithe somewhat, right? They gave away a portion of their services for free to nonprofits and smaller businesses. Um, and, you know, their business has seen a double percentage growth. Uh, I believe they grew by about 98% uh, within a couple of months, seeing record-breaking months within their business within a couple of months. Um, now, you might be wondering, well, if that's acceptable, you, you might be wondering, well, is it acceptable to give your services as your tithe? I would say it really depends on your relationship with God. That's a him question. That's a God question, right? So really take that to the Lord. But just in case, you want to make sure that you're giving your, your actual finances um, as well, because that's what the definition is, is tithe bringing in your actual revenue, okay? Now, the last example that I have on the other end is a company who was already earning $1.5 million in revenue per year, okay? Now, this CEO, they had very strong connections with people in very high places. They had a very winning and charming personality. Um, you know, everybody wanted to be their friend and, you know, they did, but however, they did not tithe at all whatsoever. They did not tithe. And I will say as a Christian based financial, uh, as a Christ based financial management firm, we recommend that all of our clients tithe. So if you ever were to work with us, we're going to suggest that you tithe as a part of your, uh, monthly, you know, uh, monthly doings. Um, and so the person, the, the company that the second company that did not tithe, you know, you might be thinking what, what did their finances look like? Y'all, it was a mess every month, every month. It was a struggle to pay team members. Um, you know, it was a, a struggle to, to make payroll. It was several invoices went unpaid that were supposed to get paid. Um, contracts, they dried up within an instant, like out of nowhere, they just terminated. Um, and I'm not saying again, that there's a definite correlation, but you got to wonder why, why did this happen? And I think you, you, you who are listening, you're smart enough to do the math, right? So anyway, in all of this, I want you to think about where will you be? Where will your story be? Right. Are you going to be the business that grows your, you know, grows your company to five million to 10 million in revenue and then and then let it flop all because you didn't want to give 10 percent. Right. Like you get to keep 90 percent like of 10 million. OK. You know, wow. And again, I just I just really don't want you to waste all of that time and energy building your business to this place for it to be sustainable. And then it never turn out to be anything. It ends up dwindling by the wayside. Right. So if you're looking to actually sustain your business and build a solid foundation for your business, we have the How to Start Your Business course available for you to get started today. Included, you will have every single detail that is needed to not only start your business, but you will be equipped with every tool for growth and sustained manageability. Again, over the last 10 years, I've learned a thing or two about what it takes and in, in what it looks like to fail in business, because I have failed a lot, and what it looks like to win in business. And so I don't want you to waste time failing over the next 10 years before you get to a winning point for your business and for, you know, for that to start happening for you. So if you want to learn all the ins and outs of how to get your business started on the right foundation, making sure that you have everything started up nicely, 
head on over to startingmybusinessnow.com. Again, that is startingmybusinessnow.com. See that you can get your spot in order to start building your business, growing your business and seeing that exponential growth um, that you are looking to see. Until next time, I will talk to you guys later.